football fan, and why wouldn't you be having pressed play on this particular podcast? Take 20 minutes of every day of your existence. Multiply it by 162, and that's exactly how many reasons you have to be grateful that Rob Manfred is the commissioner. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. I was at Mike's Beer Bar last night having dinner with actual Mike, Mike Sukic, the owner and proprietor of the place. And there are all kinds of TVs at Mike's. For the many of you who've been over there, this isn't news. And it, it's in every direction. It's it's inescapable. And, and you know how, as a sports fan, no matter how engaged you are in a conversation, you're always kind of peeking out of one eye to see what's going on in the game, even if you don't particularly care about the game, just because it's on. It feels like the natural, wholesome thing to do. So Texas versus Houston was on. I don't even know what game of the series that is. I know that it's the American League Championship Series. And I know that every single time either of my eyes wandered in any direction, somebody else was up. And when I say somebody else, I don't mean a different player each time. I mean a different team. And the score was, I don't know what it ended up. And again, don't care. But the score was like 5-3 or 5-2. And you'd see that there were players all over the bases. So it's not like these were quick innings just because they were 1-2-3 innings. Every time, every time one of my eyes made contact with a TV screen, the other team was up. Two hours and 42 minutes was the average time of a ball game in 2023, meaning through the regular season. That's 20 full minutes off of what the product offered last year. 20 minutes of nothing. Now, I know there are people who claim to be purists, which incidentally is a really ironic thing. Whenever you're talking about time of game, considering that games used to be, for the longest, longest period, a lot shorter than they were through the better part of this century. They used to be two hours and 20 minutes, two and a half hours. That's what baseball was, people. Purist. I'm a purist. I believe in da-da-da-da. Come on. You saw the product now. Let's revisit it because there were all kinds of uh, emotions about this. There were all kinds of expressions of anger and concern and stuff about pitchers' health. None of it came to pass. Do you remember, because I sure do, in Clearwater, Florida, when Rich Hill spoke up about how veterans feel about this and how eventually Major League Baseball was going to come to its senses and just add another five or six seconds back. Just do that. Just make it easier. Let's meet halfway. And they didn't. And they didn't. Rob Manfred came up with the concept a good while ago, two or three years ago, stuck by it, implemented it in the minors, nursed it to the point where it was ready to be used in the majors, 
and stuck by it the whole way. I also recall back in March and April, whenever there were teams that were losing games because of pitch timer violations, whether by the pitcher or by the hitter, they were losing games. They were walk-off violations. Well, you can never have this in a playoff game. Can't have it in a playoff game. Guess what? They haven't. You know why? Because they also didn't have one in the entire month of September. They also didn't have one in the entire month of August. You know why? Players got used to it. The pitchers got used to it. The hitters got used to it. And don't forget, the umpires got used to it. They had to have a whole extra arsenal added to their workload in managing that thing. And they did. And they did a really good job of it with a couple of exceptions. Notable exceptions, you'll recall, based on some of Derek Shelton's reactions throughout the summer. That's a W for this sport. Anyone who can say with a straight face that they had no issue with these games stretching to three hours, three and a half hours, four hours, if it was Yankees versus Red Sox for some ridiculous reason, is full of it. Also, they don't care about the game because you are never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to sell this game to a younger generation when you say, hey, let's go check this out. It's only four hours of something in which... You've not been previously invested, young lad or young lass. That's 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 what's being asked. And that was never, ever, ever going to work. All of those rules, all aimed at cutting the time, whether that's the pitch timer violations, whether that's the automatic runner on second base, please spare me the piety of the purist. The games are now the length at which they were for the better part of a century and change. That's pure. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Bill, who says, DK, I mean, if Bobby Hill was enough to land Aramis Ramirez in a salary dump move, Alika Williams for Joe Musgrove, straight up, sure seems fair to me. Oh, I'll bet it does. A lot of people reacted to the Musgrove episode yesterday. The most impactful ones for me were the ones that brought up Musgrove's no-trade clause, which I wasn't aware of, but that makes... It doesn't make a trade impossible, 
but it does add another layer to it. If Joe doesn't want to leave San Diego, which I did say yesterday is his hometown, if Joe just wants to you know, chill there and not move around, he can say no and not have to deal with a thing and still be on what's probably going to be a pretty good team for some time to come. But I also know, and I do mean know, that Musgrove is one seriously competitive dude. Musgrove is a winner. Musgrove is a team guy. Uh, some players pose as such. Joe is actually that. And if Joe sees some kind of dismantling happening at Petco Park that makes him believe that the Padres aren't going to be serious anymore, whereas he looks over here and sees, hey, my whole team is really serious, <laughs> meaning if that would be his impression, then maybe he'd be open to it. Look, the whole thing yesterday was hypothetical. I wasn't presenting it. Is anything such, I have not heard Musgrove's name mentioned by anybody who matters. But the reason that I had that as the topic yesterday is that I really wanted to stress that this is the kind of move that the Pirates can and should make. Meaning it doesn't have to be about going into free agency trying to outbid teams that can't be outbid, at least not by Pittsburgh not in a non-salary cap environment. It also doesn't have to be getting someone who's way over the hill and nobody else wants, no pun intended for rich, but that rather, instead, you could look at guys who are more in that Musgrove mix, more in that, uh, that category where you can say, all right, here's someone who's right around 30, uh, we know about them. We know what they can do. Maybe they come with a little bit of a flaw or an asterisk the way Joe would after being on the 60-day IL with a shoulder injury and finishing on the shelf. Maybe they're making a little bit more than a certain team feels comfortable paying them. And you say, all right, well, we'll give up money, especially if we don't have to give up baseball assets. We'll do that. When Ben Charrington himself has spoken about what the Pirates need to do this offseason in terms of player acquisition, the one thing that he has stressed is that there's no limit to the methods through which you can do that. Almost everyone, especially in the baseball world, way more than in other sports, fixates on free agency. Everything is about free agency. Why? Probably because all the New York, L.A., and Chicago fans get all geeked up for that day, and they're the ones that get to enjoy those first 48 to 72 hours because it feels like just going to the supermarket for everybody else's players. This is awesome. It's great. We don't even have to give up anything. It's not our money. Why would we care? But the Pirates aren't going to be doing that. The Pirates can't be doing that. If, if you ever hear anybody saying, why don't they get involved in that specific process, let them know a little bit of something about how baseball works without a salary cap compared to the other two teams in Pittsburgh. That's not making excuses for Bob Nutting. He's got a payroll that I've felt for a long time now is 10, 20, even $30 million underneath what really should be a reasonable bar for this franchise, even in rebuilding years. So... It's there now, but that doesn't mean it's there in some sort of massive 
New York Mets level, Los Angeles Dodgers level abundance. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 